Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I want to introduce you to our latest Millions of Millionaires sponsor for the podcast. Hey, and let's be honest, I'm not really introducing you to anyone new. She's one of my all-time favorites, Liz Zamorski. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's so good to be back. I love all of your listeners and I'm so excited to be part of this program. So as you all know, the program, the sponsorship program for the um, podcast is really all about creating as many really well-supported entrepreneurs out there in our industry, helping people to raise their frequency, to heal their trauma, to really start to create heaven on earth. And of course, Liz, wow, you are such an important part of my team that gets me to where I'm going. Um, You know, we work together every month um, and you do a forecast for me and it's been so powerful. Like, When we did the full year one, you talked about me hiring, starting to hire my team in April. Sure enough, I've just hired my first um, marketing person. So we've got Taylor and Brittany who's just joined. But I think one of the things that I find really powerful with your work is that, you know, like I am a pretty powerful MG. Um, I can smash through just about anything to get where I want to go. Um, But one of the things that I really struggled with is moving from a corporate environment where I was so structured, I knew what my goals were, I knew how to get there. And if I didn't, there was always a resource team, there was something that I could do. And being an entrepreneur and, and working in this space, it's all about building my, my trust in myself. And I feel like 
all the work that I've done with you has really helped with that because things are going on in my life or I'm thinking about it. And as an MG, I'm like, I need something external to respond to. And so many times when I've worked with you, it's like just hearing this confirmation come out of your mouth. I'm like, how would you even know that that's going on? So do you want to talk a little bit to how you really help and support people through your work? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. I love supporting you. I love being a part of your team, especially every month and the journey that we can go on together to really get that clarity and confirmation that you need. And that's really how I work with people is many of my clients, most of my clients will come in and they are women just like you who really stayed on the path. They stayed in their lane. They worked their way to the top. They know how to already set goals and achieve them, but it's about finding that alignment. We sometimes get to the top of the mountain. This is what I call my 10 of wands moment in the tarot. We get to the top of the mountain and we look around and we're like, I cannot stay here. This is not aligned for me. I can't do this for another second but we've worked so hard to get there. We've built so much of our persona around getting there and what it will feel like when we're there that to then turn around and say, I have no resources or support to make any other decision. It's just shattering. We don't know what to do. We're lost. We know that there's a new direction, but we don't know what that is. And most of the time, it's also because we've internalized the voice of reason from someone else. Our inner voice sounds like us, but it's actually society, our parents, our partners, our friends, everyone around us saying, you know, you've got it made in the shade. You're doing so well. We're so proud of you. And so it's hard for us to actually realize and reach the true tenor of our own inner voice. And so having a tarot reading or where I come in is to actually read your energy to reflect back what your inner voice is already saying. And over time, especially when we do this monthly work, but it can even happen in one reading, getting that confirmation, it lights people up almost immediately where it's like the eyes go wide and they're like, how could you know that? Yeah. And really, I'm just listening to your own inner voice and telling you. So then you start tuning in yourself to what your inner voice is saying. You now have some touch points and clarity to say, oh, this is how I really feel. That makes sense. And what's so powerful about using the tarot in that work is that the tarot is really based on symbology. It works really well with Carl Jung's philosophies and theories about the psyche and the subconscious, that our subconscious speaks in the language of symbols. And so being Mm -hmm. able to work in that language of our subconscious, it really is tapping into a deeper knowing and a deeper truth. And that's where that transformation happens is you walk away really feeling anchored into your truth and being able to trust your own inner voice. Yeah, I love that. And I totally resonate. I think one of the, the you know, it's so exciting being an entrepreneur. I love my business. But some of the hardest moments have been when, you know, I just know I have emotional clarity. My authority is all over. I have to pivot here. There's a big decision here. I have to go in another direction. And it's not easy just to go, okay, you know, it's much easier today, but it's because I've had that support and I've been able to you know, go through that process and just 
without any prompting, have you say, have you thought about this? Or I'm feeling like this and just be like, no way. Like, okay, cool. That's confirmation to really say, I can trust myself. I can go in that direction. And I love what you said as well about the the tarot and it being really connected to the unconscious and the, the symbology, because I know a lot of the time when we're doing work together, you know, I'm, I'm all ears and I'm excited, but then there's things that come out that mean something really specific to me. And I'll always be like, no way. Like, I can't believe it's that. And it is like, it's on every level, just confirming that I can trust um, what's going on inside of me. And I think that the other thing just to add is that the thing I love about working with you, um, for those human design junkies out there, my perspective is power. So one of the things that I really love working with you is like you're the real fucking deal. It's not just some wishy-washy, airy-fairy, you know, like, oh, it's just going to be lovely and unicorns and rainbows. It's like, no, no, this is what's going on. Um, it comes from a deep you know, well of um, experience and connection and, you know, um, yeah, you're just the real deal. And I think that that's something that's really important as well for me individually and for my audience because I think for me as the podcaster, I feel a responsibility just to share the people that are that real freaking deal. So amazing. Thank you. You're so welcome. Just to speak to that for a second too, um, I think it really does. One of the big differences with the way that I read the tarot and the way that other people read the tarot is that I do integrate my worldview and my world experience. And, you know, I'm not saying that mine is deeper or better, wider than anyone else's, but it's just that I don't separate out real life from my work. I allow it to integrate and weave together. And that's what we as entrepreneurs are trying to do. So I know Mm -hmm. also that with my line four, that I'm here to model and to lead others in, in showing here's how this is possible. You don't have to separate out, you know, this is my entrepreneur life. And this is my real life. That's the old paradigm. That's the old corporate way where it said, when you walk in these doors, you belong to us. You leave your emotional body and everything else out and you stay here. We own you for the next eight to 10 hours. And instead we're creating, like you said, we're creating heaven on earth. We're creating this new way where it's saying, look, if we're going to do this differently, we get to be our whole selves and bring our whole selves into it. So having the support, you know, the marketing support and the HD support and the group support and the community support, and then also the support to just reach your inner truth. I just feel like it's the this holistic kind of holy trifecta, you know, mind, body, spirit, to really tap into all of these ways that you're bringing your whole self into your business. That's the difference between being a one to two year entrepreneur or someone who's really building a business and a legacy. Yeah. I love that. Put me in the building a business and legacy camp because that's what I'm all about. Like legacy. Um, Thank you so much for joining Um, Oh, thank you so much for sharing. I'm so excited to say to all of you that if you follow all the links or the link in the show notes, you'll be able to have a look at each session that Liz offers, which one feels correct for you. And if you use the code Emma, you're going to get some free journal prompts um, and affirmations that are going to help you on your journey. So that's super exciting. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. I'm so excited to always connect with your listeners. So 
this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, everyone. Back to the episode. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. And it is transits time. Yay. So welcome, Jenny Crowther. Hi, Emma. Hi, transit team. I love it. So we are here today to talk all about August and reflect on July, the month that was. So uh, Jenny, do you want to kick it off for us? <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to. Um, we've just been chatting off, uh, off air just to lay the groundwork for where I'm at. And um, honestly, July has been a bit of a month for me. Um, it's been... Um, yeah, Emma and I have kind of just had a discussion where I feel like I've gone deep into um, what could probably be described as a healing crisis. What it looks like is an inability to uh, regulate myself emotionally uh, or my nervous system. So, yeah, I've had a really like physically tough month. Um, there's large parts of my uh, identity that are dying, I think, <laughs> which is all good. You know, I'm welcoming it and embracing it but um it's it's a long process it's been a, a month it's like we recorded a month ago almost today and it's been going on since it's basically like we put the mic down from the last podcast and I fell apart and have been falling apart ever since wow or just processing but it's a painful process huh yeah yeah the whole the whole thing is um yeah shaky let's just say it's very very shaky inside here right now um and of course i've been tracking the transits watching the transits trying to blame the transits i love that <laughs> um there's there's some interesting stuff that went on i mean when we were recording we uh we were in the channel of mutation the 30th of june to the 8th of july uh, because of a transit of Mars through gate three and Pluto in gate 60, we had the channel of mutation on. Um, so this mutation channel that was on from, you know, the end of June to the 8th of July is a former energy in the root, right? The 63 is kind of part of this process that's going on with the nodes being all the way down the central channel, you know, in the 2343, and they've been in 14.2 and 8 and 1, and like all of this sense of uh, individual mutation was kicked off at the when we, from, from when we recorded into the beginning of July. And with it being activate, like for me, I don't have root and sacral activated normally. So having root and sacral activation in a format channel and I went into that transit completely adrenally burnt out. I just spent a month basically working every day, not to projectors, don't do this. Um, I'd spent a month burning myself out. And then there was this root transit in a former energy. And boy, did I know about my adrenal fatigue. Like the physical pain, the muscle aches, the nerve pain that... I became aware of from that tra the beginning of that transit um, was was and continues to be quite extreme. Um, so I, I guess if there's a, a lesson, it's like don't go into a format root channel transit with adrenal fatigue. 
that's not going to work. Yeah, far out. Um, so I, I, it kind of feels like that's kick-started it. And then I think maybe the emotional part, the fact that I can't regulate my emotions at all, has something to do with that. And I have a personal history, you know, that Emma and I have spoken about. I think I've maybe even spoken about it on this podcast related to birth trauma and the fact that I was born tired, like exhausted. I had a difficult birth. So it kind of triggers that in me. But just looking at the transits, what else is going on? Well, we've got Saturn retrograde in gate 49. Um, we've got Neptune in re net retrograde in 36. Um, who else is in there? There's Mercury. We had the sun in 39 gate of provocation then we had mercury go through we've currently as we're recording got venus in there and every time there's been a transit through the provocation gate um that has felt like my emotions have been provoked like by some kind of external circumstance mm -hmm. like in the beginning it was this cat that was waking me up every night all night <laughs> and so i didn't get any sleep and it's like oh. that was provoking me to feel yeah. deeply um, what was going on in my body, what was going on with my adrenal system, what was going on with the fact that that, um, if that's not regulated, everything else is dysregulated, basically is what I have understood. If I if my adrenal response uh, is out of whack, the rest of the system goes out. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, this is entirely in alignment. The adrenals sit on top of the kidneys mm -hmm. and kidney jing is the most important of all of the um, organ jings to nourish because all of the other organs draw their nourishment from the kidneys in Chinese medicine. So I've just had this witnessing of the possible consequences of what happens when um, someone with my design, this may not be true for everyone, but someone with certainly with no, no motor definition mm. goes through a lot of transits in solar plexus and root gates uh, it it wasn't it's not it continues not to be particularly enjoyable yeah I think the other thing I just want to touch on this as well like one of the things when we're talking about functional burnout with the generator types um, I've talked about this because I did it last year and the the point I just want to sort of bring to everyone's attention is that this is what we need to understand is that there's a lot of us that are transitioning from work that we don't like into work that we love, but we're not learning the lesson. And both Jenny and I have done it to ourselves now where we burn ourselves out. So I think this is one of the things where why we bang on about strategy and authority and, and yep, it's all about the experiment. I'm all like, you, you, you can't mess it up because there's going to be a gift or there's going to be a lesson in everything. But I think this is now something that is becoming more and more popular is that we're transitioning into stuff that we love, but we're not fully learning our lesson. You know, we're still doing it the old way, but doing what we love. Um, so just, you know, maybe a heads up, like learn from, from our lesson. Like you can still burn out if you love what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And also a, a real reflection on, do I love it as much as I used to? I love you know, that because... question. I think that's really powerful too. I had the same experience. Yeah. Because it's like, I used to love this. Like this used to light me up, bring me joy. I used to feel so, in my case, successful. This doesn't actually feel like success anymore. Exactly. <laughs> um, I love so that. 
I feel like there's been, for me anyway, this month, this past month has been and continues to be, uh, we spoke very briefly about this before we hit record, about a death in me, like a part of me dying and um, a, an old way of being dying and treating it as such, you know, treating it as a grieving, a grieving process and a loss and uh, trusting that, of course, that something new emerges from that loss and being not afraid of the newness that's um, being born because even though I don't know what it's going to be like and my mind tries to cling to what it knows, which was the past version of me, which it was quite happy with, you know, yeah. it's quite happy with the old me. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, well, I don't know who this new one's going to be. What if, what if she's, you know, not this, that and the other. Yeah. And I think basically what it's afraid of is what if it's not, what if this new version of you isn't accepted by the people in your life? You know, yeah. I think that's the ultimate fear. What if we're not accepted by the tribe? What if we're ostracized for not being who we used to be? Um, and yet I know from having had many versions of ego death that it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be totally fine. It'll be better, actually. Exactly. I was going to say, it's going to be better than this. Yeah, but there's just, there's a process to go through and it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but my job is to embrace it as much as possible, try not to resist it as much as possible because that just causes me suffering um, and and be honest enough with myself to give, to create space, to, yeah. to like basically say to everyone who's close to me, I don't have capacity for anything at all right now. You know, exactly. I'm usually in a support role for you. I don't have that at all right now. Mm -hmm. um interestingly i do have it for clients for working with people in the human design space i'm that is keeping me afloat i love it i always have the energy for it but all the little bits of like propping up that i do personally on a day-to-day -day basis with people i don't really seem to have much capacity for that right yeah. now and i mean that's going to be part of it isn't it because this is going to be all related to to boundaries you know and those boundaries yeah. that need cleaning up yeah you know I think also you're, you know, such a wise human. I love, I love the way that you um, navigate these sort of things. And one thing that from my experience, this good old line three over here, like from my functional burnout last year, I've created the most perfect version of my work, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. I work hard three days a week because mm -hmm. I love it. I love to work hard. Like I said just before we hit record, like I've not had a minute to stop. I've been going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. I've also been to the PT. I've been to the, the sauna. I've been to the ice bath. Like I've, you name it, I've done it today. <laughs> and then I have two days where there's no kids because they're at school. I have two days to do what I want at my own pace. And I think it does. It takes us time to really learn our lessons because we are shedding all of this old conditioning and mm. you know for you and for for your configuration it's like that whole being a solitary being that has to be such an underpinned top of the list value for you you know because when you are with another human you're already holding space you know even if there's no intention to do that so I think that you know the beauty of these really uncomfortable, shitty experiences that we go through is that we then have a conscious choice to create something that 
will prevent us from ever going there again. Yeah. And, I've and, got gotcha. If I have to go here again, so be I'll it. go there again, you know. But, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that feeling of, um, yeah, being being held by you. Thank you. Oh, I've got you. I have got you every day, sister. You're the, you're the best. I love you so much. Oh, love fest. Um, what about your July? I know. I mean, I know you've shared a lot on the podcast about what's been going yeah. on at your end, but um, so not, not, not so much an ego death, but certainly, yeah. So I definitely felt the same way. I before this, and I'm not sure if I talked about it in the last podcast. I had this really weird experience. How I tried to book a, <clears throat> a bunch of things to happen. They couldn't happen. There was this three-week, like, black hole in my diary. I was like, I don't know what this is all about. And then we started going down the road with Bailey, um, our dog, and, you know, that really came to light pretty quickly that there was, you know, something else that needed my attention. And as we sort of went through that process, you know, the way I see the world similarly to you is like, Everything is just a metaphor, you know, it's just a metaphor and I get to choose the way I look at things. And, look, I had a, other than having to navigate this, you know, emotional pain with Bay, um, I had a really good month and I think a lot of it was because I, I read the external clues and those clues were you can't do it now, you just have to wait. And, you know, we hung out, we took the dog to the beach, we did all the things that we wanted to do. And, you know, I had this crazy experience where, and, and the, the, that piece of when we did, when Bailey was finally at the end and we were like, okay, we have to take him as soon as possible, that it was on the same day as my masterclass. You know, I don't believe in coincidence. So it was very much like, what are the pieces of me that needed to die? So I feel like I've definitely been on a similar journey, just from a different space. And one of the things about our beloved Bailey is that, A, he always put everyone else above himself, always, without doubt, but I think that's most dogs, right? Uh, Actually, maybe not Alice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, you know, his fear and his nervousness, you know, he was one of those dogs that was very nervous and I was like, well, you know, those parts of me are ready. They're ready to let go of. So I feel like July has been a really transitional month Mm. it's the conversations I've been having everywhere there's definitely like ego death this is not the first time I've talked about ego deaths with anyone this month so yeah I I feel like that this is a time I can definitely feel that we're all just about to go into a time of expansion like I can Mm -hmm. feel it coming um so yeah I similar but different similar but Mm -hmm. different yeah I actually felt like my emotions were like definitely riding the roller coaster, but they needed to be felt and and mm-hmm. let go of. But yeah, then I am an emotional being. I don't have to deal with everybody else's. Yeah, I know, right? I've been looking at the transits every day this month. Like, what? There's still no emotional channel on. I'm still not emotionally defined, and yet I'm behaving as if I am. Yeah, but I think I also. I mean. On the retreat, so basically the situation in June was I was on retreat with new guests coming in all the time and I was reading for all of them. And there was one week where I only did emotional manifesting generators. There was just an entire retreat of emotional beings. And for me to, to sit with that, like day after day after day after day, 
and it's one-on-one work. So my whole being engages with their being and runs it through my system. Yeah. And so I think I just must have run way too much emotional energy through my system and it like in such an intense way. And I think I maybe just picked it up. So it's, you know, when I'm saying I can't regulate my emotions, don't even know if they're mine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I, I feel like I'm processing the emotion of those, those people that I was sitting with. And I, I guess I don't know how much this is true for all types. It's certainly true for projectors. I suspect it's also true to a degree for reflectors. Cause I listen to quite a few reflector, you know, reflector podcast people who um, live that type and share. And I know that um, the, the system says that they're kind of protected from it by their, the way their aura functions in a way that we're not, but even so, how do they know the other being well enough to reflect for them? Well, they have to run it through them. And it's the same for projectors. How do I know another being well enough to guide them? I put your entire being in my body. Mm. So it's exhausting, like you were saying. Just being in in a room with another being is tiring for yeah. a projector. So, yeah, just to, to acknowledge that, it, yeah, it, it, it's hard you know, physically, physiologically, it's challenging to, mm. um, to do that work. There's, you can be as boundaried as you like and have as many energy clearing practices as you like. And I do, I have plenty, but still it takes its toll. And the more I get into this work, the deeper I get, the, the further into the experiment I am, the number of, more number of years of deconditioning or reconditioning, or as I like to call it, um, repatterning that I have to do. Yeah the more sensitive I get. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that 57. There you go. Super, super sensitive. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a month for both of us, I think, but hopefully it's, it, it serves, you know, I've put myself in service of whatever life wants from me. And I trust that whatever I go through is part of that service, part of that process. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. So let's um, let's get on, shall we? Should we talk about what's coming up? Let's do it. Um, August um, has a few like major shifts. Um, so we're recording. What date is it? Twenty seventh. Yeah, recording on the twenty seventh of July. So from the thirty first of July, we get a new nodal theme. Now we haven't really spoken about the twenty three forty three. I will in a minute. Um, since the first podcast on this, which will have been in March. Um, so from March to now, we've had 4323, this channel of structuring from the Ajna to the throat activated for the whole planet. Um, that's shifting um, into gates one and two uh, from 31st of July. It's also going to bring a, a rare conjunction in gate two. So I'll talk about that as well. We've also got quarter two closing off and we're moving into quarter three so moving from this very throat based process where we're communicating or taking action on our next steps and then we're moving into the quarter that's related to bonding um, and relationships and then uranus is going to start its retrograde later in the month which will mean that all of the outer planets are retrograde and like i've just said i think part of what i'm going through is part of this retrograde process like i'm really feeling this flushing out of 
um, you know, any energies in these gates that are no longer serving as, as, yeah. as, as Neptune and um, Saturn are in their retrogrades. So Jupiter is also going to be retrograde by the end of the month. So that's kind of the headlines for, for August. Um, this sense of a do-over from the outer planets uh, and a, a going back over and a clearing out. So this nodal theme, right? I've been looking at um, how it, like how my observations of how this channel of structuring, the design of individuality, it has this keynote of from genius to freak, like depending on the receptivity of the audience depends on how the insights that are shared through this channel are received. So we've all had this activated for a, a four month period. And I've been trying to see where the fun what is the function of that to bring new insights into the world, to try and find a more efficient way of doing things, to simplify processes. Um, I, but I actually think I can't really see it specifically, but I can see it as part of an overall theme in this transmutation of our individual expression and the way that we feel empowered. All the way through the year, this has been happening. In January, February, we had loads of uh, transits through 6124, the channel of awareness. Uh, March had this long transit through 2343. In May and in July, as I just mentioned, we had some um, transits through 360 from the root to the sacral. In August, we're going to get 1-8, the channel of inspiration from G to the throat. And then in November, we'll get a couple of activations of the 14-2, the channel of the B from the sacral to the G. So basically the whole year, if we look at the theme of global activations for channels, there's been a lot of activity through this central channel. And basically at some point, all of them will have been lit up. So I see the 23-43 nodal theme transit as part of this um, this individual mutation, this pressure to mutate the way we think, the way we behave at an individual level as an expression of empowerment. Yeah. I just, that's kind of how I see it as an overall. Yeah, I totally agree. Like even as you were speaking, I think one of the things that I know for me, um, one of the things I'm talking a lot about is that we're in this time of chaos and that we need to learn to make our own decisions that are correct for us instead of giving mm-hmm. our power to something external of us. And I feel like that's that's exactly what's happening. We're being given the energy to to do that. And the invitation there is that, you know, the the shadow or the fear of this this circuitry, if you like, or this this central channel really is about the fear of being different, the fear of not fitting in, the fear of um, going against the grain. So this is a time that we are really being invited to be different, be unique. And everyone listening to this podcast clearly is already on that path because otherwise you wouldn't be into human design if you didn't want to be unique. But yeah, yeah I totally agree. I love that. And I think it's probably why there's such a, an upsurge in interest in in design because it is yeah. one of the um, few modalities, if you like, that emphasizes individual uniqueness and expression. It, there's no like uh, adapting yourself to the system. It's exactly you know, the system is free liberating you from that sense of fitting in into anything other than your own skin. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Love that. Yeah. So the nodes are then moving into one and two, south node into gate one, north node into gate two. 
pure yang, pure yin, receptivity of the gifts of the earth through our bodies. And I, I've been going back over, um, I don't know if you've ever read The Prophecy of Ra-Ruhu by Steve, somebody whose name escapes me. Maybe I've started ago. it. it. I haven't he, finished he, it. He talks about the Bantuk, the the tablets that brought the, the that had this you know very mystical inspiration uh, information as part of this human design knowledge download, um, and he talks about how uh, the Ban and the Tuk, even though they represent yin and yang, the yang isn't even yang; it's yin and a bit less yin. And what what apparently was was taught that when yang doesn't exist yet, real yang real yang is not here yet it's just yin and a bit less yin so i thought that was a really interesting kind of, i was i sat with that for a long time like huh it's like the masculine that's we that we see playing out in in this um this expression of cosmos whatever we're part of is pretending or play acting or not even real yet it's not the full expression of what that might look like the yang expression um so i mean who knows what's real but i thought that was an interesting thing to play with the idea that it's all yin mm. really it's all receptive it's all receiving the gifts of life the, the expression of life it's a it's an exercise in receptivity and any expression of not receiving is false illusory yeah yeah I love that. You've instantly made me think of, um, I'm sure you've heard him interviewed, uh, Dr. Zach Bush. Mm-hmm. Like the way he talks about, you know, we are nature, we are Mother Earth. It's like that's exactly what you're talking about. It's the moment that we tried to step away and control nature mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, tame it or, you know, fight it even was the time that we we started to separate. And I feel like that's that's yeah. part of what you're saying, like, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a fear expression. It's not not a, a full expression. And coming back to that place where, you know, and I know a oneness is a theme that a lot of you know gets talked a lot about in spiritual realms. And do we really understand what that means? But I feel like this is actually a lot. A lot. Of, I always feel like this is a lot of what the gate two means. Like it is that that full. Um, receiving that we really are a part of everything and that it's about letting go as opposed to trying to to drive anything. Yeah, and I was listening to Peter Schreiber who does the Jovian Archive Transits um, quarterly updates and he was talking about, because Uranus is in Gate 2 and this is part of this conjunction, you know, as the nodes go in, uh, which, which node's going in? North node. As the north node goes into Gate 2, uh, Uranus is already there uh, and then... I'll find it. There's another planet going in. Mars is going in. So on the 31st of July and the 1st of August, there's an exact conjunction between the North Node, Mars and Uranus in Gate 2, which I'll talk about in a minute. But Peter Schreiber was talking about how, if you think about receptivity from a biological perspective, we are only receptive. Like my eyes receive light, my ears receive sound vibration the neurons in my brain receive electrical signals, the chemical receptors in my body receive chemical signals. Like we are nothing but receptivity. Yeah. That's all that's happening here. We're just receiving stimulation from internal sources, external sources. There's only receptivity. Yeah. And 
he, you know, if we're talking about the effect of Uranus, he talked about being receptive. Some people, he was saying, some of us are receptive to certain frequencies, depending on how, how much, you know, um, softening and opening and relaxing you've done. That makes you, like I was saying, I've become profoundly sensitive. I am profoundly sensitive and profoundly receptive to receiving input from all kinds of sources. I'm not creating false barriers with fear or with my mind mm. or with like, you know, this idea that um, people who are very open in the body graph need to protect themselves yeah, from, no. um, from receiving. Uh, I've kind of loosened, I used to feel like that, but I've loosened it a lot. And so he was, I think, saying that Uranus bringing the new, which is the theme of, of Uranus, is possibly part of what we've just been talking about, like being in receptivity to a new frequency, to mm -hmm. resonate at a new level with a different bandwidth is um, is part of this. I and, love and that. What, and what will that do? What else is the gate to? Gate of direction, right? The yeah. direction of... Like, so. so to receive the new frequency is to initiate you into a new direction. Mm. So I love that because yeah. I feel like that's exactly what I was talking about before, like what I can feel. Like, yeah, we've been talking about it a lot within the business. We can really feel this expansion coming. It's, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, and it, I mean, when we look at this conjunction, I mean, like, I talk about this a lot with clients, with friends, just generally quite boring in this respect, but I, <laughs> that um, being receptive to what life wants from me rather than what I want from life is yeah. part of, a big part of my process. Yeah. And so this is why I find Gate 2 so fascinating and particularly the activations here. But because Uranus is one of the outer planets and tends to have a global impact I suspect that North Node and Mars in conjunction, I think for anyone who uh, follows astrology, I think it's at 18 degrees of Taurus and Taurus is a very earthy sign, of course. So this is part mm. of this earthiness, but it's bringing in the new because of Uranus. It's bringing something disruptive or explosive or aggressive or pretty active in Mars with Mars energy into the North Node, which is all about like, trajectory and direction forward and it's all related to the earth i mean instability and volatility in all of the areas that we feel stable and secure in food finance geomagnetics the weather like i don't know <laughs> yeah we might just be experiencing that <laughs> that conjunction as well in on the 31st of july mm. could potentially uh, see some Amplify. more of this yeah yeah so I don't know, but the just, I mean, I'm reflecting on the themes and what they might look like put together. Hindsight in 2020, we'll know. <laughs> like, yeah. Be able to look back. Ask us next say, month. Yeah, see what, see what may have happened. But um, in general, there's this sense of, um, and you know, I mean, they talk about the new earth in certain spiritual circles. And I think earth is always new like every mm. moment we've had this conversation before but but still there is definitely we're part of this transitional shift and um yeah it's it's being highlighted um very strongly by this planetary activity in in the gate of new direction yeah i love it and, and we it's going to be scary 
to the mind. The mind is going to fear a new direction because it only wants to know the direction it's just been in. Yeah, so exactly. Like you just said to earlier, acknowledge that it's the past. You know, the mind wants yeah. the past to be the future because it, it yeah. can understand it. It's certain. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that happening. Um, Time to get out of our the, comfort zones, then. I mean, boy, are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just to be supporting each other on that to be yeah. celebrating that in each other to not be holding the people around us to the per- person that they would used to be because we're all going through it whether we're going through it deliberately and consciously or whether it's happening whether we're being dragged yeah. everyone on the planet is getting these these energies it's not just the people that actively engage themselves in the process so yeah just being compassionate with this the fact that even those of us that have uh, whole tool belt full of useful tools are still finding it challenging yeah absolutely but those without tools uh, are going to be finding it more challenging yeah so i want to just briefly talk about as we go into the sun earth gate process and i will just have a, like a a moment of awareness that we're doing this for the second time around we've done an august transit podcast in the past this is the first repeat so i'm I, I, ref- I went back over the material from the last August Transits podcast, the first one that we did, and I feel like I have more to say on the Sun Earth Gates. I feel like it took a couple of podcasts to get into our stride and for me to really understand the flow of this thing, this thing that we do. So at some point it may be that um, the Sun Earth Gate information is already in a past podcast that, and, and I'm satisfied with where we're at with it and I can just point listeners to that part of that podcast to go back and listen again. But for August, I feel like it's worth going through the sun earth process again. Love it. Um, also just to note on a housekeeping, I'm no longer producing the month in brief documents cause I don't have capacity for anything, but regulating my own emotions. So <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Um, good decision. So if anyone's, anyone's looking for those, the, the, the archive is still available on my website, but I'm not producing those month in brief documents anymore because not getting paid for it and don't have the time. Mm. Um, just for anyone, because I've had a few people reach out and be like, where is it? Where is it? I'm like, it's not coming. Cool. So just to let you know that that's, um, that's, that, that process has ended. <laughs> the end. The end of that process. Um, so... While we're recording, the sun is in gate 31, and this is this leadership energy. Um, when I spoke about this in the last podcast, I hadn't actually spotted that Mercury is currently in gate 7. So there's this um, channel on, 731 yeah, right. is on. Uh, just for a few days, what's the dates from the 26th to the 28th? Um, so the channel of Alpha is activated for everyone while we're recording. Um, this is the channel that the principle of democracy is based on. You know, mm-hmm. there are certain people, I'm going to quote from the book of human design, certain people can grasp present patterns, understand trends, and are in touch with the needs of the people. That's the kind of essence of democracy and the essence of this energy. These are the people who would be invited to lead, almost forced into leadership, like everyone saying, no, no, you, you, you're the one we want to lead us as opposed to the people who put themselves in positions of leadership. Like I'm always Mm -hmm. slightly suspicious of anyone who wants to be a leader because I'm like, 
why do you want that? Why would anyone yeah. want that? <laughs> um, so that's kind of the energy that's that's around at the moment. And to give a concrete example of it, back in the 80s, climate scientists said, oh, human activities are meaning that we're burning CFCs and it's destroying the ozone layer. And if we don't stop doing that, there's going to be no ozone layer and everyone's going to be dead. So globally, everyone agreed, okay, let's stop using chlorofluorocarbons in everything. And that's an example of 31.7, logical leadership, looking at the current trends and projecting into the future, the needs of the people to not die of skin cancer and to make policy based on that, you know, to, to take leadership action. So that's the energy that we're experiencing right now as a, as a planet. Um, as we spoke about last time, as we transitioned from that energy, the logical leadership into August, we experience the gate 33. So the sun moves into gate 33, the earth moves into gate 19. So we get this tribal energy with the gate 19, the gate of sensitivity to needs. We get the sun in gate 33, um, which is this energy to take time out and remember the past and listen to the secrets or the stories of the people and, and use that to inform the way that we move forward. So we've also got Saturn retrograde in gate 49. So as this podcast goes out, we have the channel 1949 on earth in gate 19, Saturn in gate 49, making this channel of synthesis, the 14, 13, uh, 1949 active globally for a week. They're about, they're about six days. So, in order to lead logically, we have to be in touch with the needs of the people. And this is represented by Gate 19. In order to hear what's being said, we need to take time out and retreat to find privacy, alone time, to sense those needs. And the reason I'm using the word sense is because the abstract circuit, this 33, this gate, uh, Sun and Gate 33 is abstract sensing circuitry. And people with a lot of activations in that circuitry it's not that they necessarily listen with their ears to the needs of the collective, but they sense it in their body. It's obvious to them. Um, they're actively tuned into what people need. They just have this inner knowing about, they sense how people are feeling in the same way that I've got a lot of collective logical circuitry and I sense where we're going. I can feel the future direction of humanity in my body. So, yeah, I just want to say that this this activation from the 31st of July to the 6th or 5th of August is inviting retreat, time out, and, a, and, and an ability to sense what we need, a, yeah. deep, a deep sensing of what the, the collective is needing right now. Mm, I we love will that. feel it, all of us, in our body. Yeah, and I think what would also be really fascinating, like if we just, you know, look at this, time last year you know like what happened in the world what happened in our lives just to have an ex an expression mm -hmm. of you know what that meant to us how that energy felt to us at mm. the time um yeah. yeah and I feel like what's really cool about this like just as you were speaking I'm like wow it's so perfect isn't it because it's like this 12 month upgrade you know like it's time mm. to to recalibrate mm -hmm. um you know, the needs of the tribe. And I feel like we are, everything is about that at the moment, but it, it really is calling us into consciously focusing on it. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And with that 
tribal channel on, that's 1949 on, it's about territory, resources, beliefs, support. Like, we might feel, while that transit is on, this global increase in the felt need for more support. We might even find ourselves yelling at a family member, I need more support. You know, it's like, it'd be interesting to see to sense into to feel into that it's a it's a very sensitive week from yeah. the 31st to the 5th of august i don't think um, your nervous system's going to get a break then babe it's all right man i've just resigned to it <laughs> as we said before we recorded i was like if this is how i am for the rest of my days it's okay i'll deal with i'll learn to deal with it i'll just i've just got to adapt i'm just not used to being like this so yeah i just need to adapt to it I just need more support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we spoke about this before with the Gate 49 being the tri- the according to the Ray V. Ching, being the political right and then the 19 being the political left. But this general sense of um, what are the principles that we're building our tribe on, it, it's just going to be highlighted as a part of that um, that energy. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. You know, like in the world that we're in right now, great question. Like what are the principles you want your tribe, business, yeah. family, community, yeah. consciously? And I think the fear that I see in that, it's like this is a tribal energy and yet we are in an increasingly globalised community, economy, like we are evolving so fast. Our access to information about different cultures and different ways of being is unprecedented. Mm. Tribes had their own little belief system and everyone knew the rules and everyone either fit into the rules or got ostracized. It was that simple, but you didn't really know what was going on in the tribe across the other side of the planet. They had mm-hmm. the all other vibe going on. And I, the fear that I see in all these, um, like, divided viewpoints and people getting very strongly like don't you take my tribal views away from me don't you make me change my views and that fear for the support of our chosen way of living that's they're afraid that it's going to be taken from them because someone else some other group of people don't subscribe to the same views Mm. and it's a nonsense yeah it's like just because one group of people chooses to live by a certain set of values that you don't personally want to subscribe to and you know about it doesn't threaten your ability to live by your chosen values, yeah. you know? Yeah. You don't need to impose your values on the entire planet but just because other people don't share them. It's, but that's what I see with this kind of this activation of Saturn and the 49. It's like this shake-up of that. And hopefully a bit of clarity eventually. Yeah, but I'd say it's also part of this big shift from going from this, as you say, like tribal um, era into an individual era, you know, like this Mm -hmm. is exactly what we're going through. We are constantly, um, you know, the old way is trying to amplify the tribal principles Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the entire universe, the energy everything that's governing this new paradigm is saying, well, that doesn't work anymore. Mm. So this is exactly that. It's like the the parts of the old paradigm falling apart, which are those people who are trying to force their mm. principles on the globe mm. as opposed to 
what we actually want to be focusing on and investing our energy in is like you say, like almost reflecting on how um, the, the smaller groups, how do they want to, what are the principles that they want to do, whether that's a, a town that you live in, whether that's a family you're a part of, like because the more that we come from this place that it's more individualistic, the closer we're getting to, the, to where we're going, if that makes sense. So we're going to feel, and I love that point you said, like, you know, us being able to let go of what we perceive the global um, leaders, groups, those that shout loudest are trying to enforce on us, the more we can just let go of that and be more aligned to, well, what do we want to create, um, you know, from a place of alignment is going to make the whole transition much easier. But if we're trying to fight something that's already falling apart, sure. that's where the, you know, the challenge comes in, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. Like I'm collective circuitry, so I am wary of the individuals. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can feel it in my body. I can, I'm just conscious that I see someone with a lot of individual circuitry, self-empowering or empowering themselves or integration channels, and I'm like, there's part of me that's saying, what are they doing? That's not, I've not seen that before. <laughs> I must weirdo. freak you out then. <laughs> I'm the weirdo. Honestly, but I mean, like also I'll, Jenna as well, like she's, you know, all this individual circuitry. And I, there's a part of my being that's like, can that be trusted? I don't know if that can be trusted. And then a part of me that she's a dear friend and I love her very much and I support her. But it's just my collective circuitry having this like, ah, like, yeah, what? What's happening? Who yeah. are these individuals? How dare they? What about yeah. the collective? Exactly. You know? That's the frame you see the world in, you know, and this is yeah. the piece where we come back full circle to the, you know, simple coaching principles and that is that we see the world as we are, not as it is. Yep. So it's important to understand. I mean, human design gives us the ability to language so much and to see yeah. that, you know, just what you've said, like you see the world through the frame of the collective circuitry. You know, part of me and everyone on the podcast has heard me go on about this endlessly, like I'm a split definition and part of me is integration and part of me is tribal. So I battle this with myself all the time. Like I need to take care of the tribe. No, it's about me. No, it's about the tribe. No, it's about me. So this is the beauty of human design. It gives us the opportunity to consciously say, okay, cool, I'm I'm designed to feel that way but I'm only a piece in the greater puzzle and understanding that, you know, it's safe just to be a piece and not see the world or feel the world the way everyone else does. Cause that's just perfect. It's just the way we're designed to be. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it, it's such a gift to be, to have the language and the understanding as to why I feel the way I feel. And just to understand, like you said, we need tribal and we need in, individual and we need integration and we need collective and we need collective logical and we need collective sensing. Like we need all the bits. My bit isn't better than anyone else's bit. <laughs> no, no. We're all, yeah. we're all just a piece in the puzzle and we all have, you know, equal um, validity in that. You yeah, know, we exactly. all matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, 6th of August, 6th to the 11th of August is where we begin the new quarter. So we're out of the throat process. <laughs> And we start with G center gates, as always, as we begin a new quarter. Um, We're beginning Q3, so quarter of duality, purpose fulfilled through bonding or relationships. And um, 
the gate the G gates are part of the Sphinx cross. We've got the seven and the thirteen. So the sun into gate seven, the gate of the army role of the self, and the gate thirteen in the earth fellowship, the listener. And we've just been speaking about gate thirty one and gate thirteen uh, gate thirty three, and these are the throat activations of these two G center gates. So when you're looking at the body graph, you have the G center, you have the collective circuits on either side the logical on the left, the abstract on the right. And so we've had the throat activations. We now get the G-center activations of those two channels. Um, I'm going to use the hexagrams of the I Ching to talk about this this time. So seven, gate okay, seven, the army is earth over water. The abysmal below the receptive, if you think of it like that. So it leads to the image of something stirring in the water beneath an apparently solid foundation of the earth, like a revolution stirring beneath an existing structure. So this earth um, over water trigram, the the water trigram is has six weeks to run. When you if you use my wheel of the year two. You, and you want to follow the hexagram structure, we now get water as the base trigram from now until the equinox in mid-September, which means that we have a, an unstable structure underneath everything from here till now, from now till then. So there is something stirring in the abyss for the next six weeks, which I think I'm is curious. I'm so, I'm like, right? that's exciting. What, what's that yeah. going to mean? I mean, obviously, there's probably going to be chaos, but still, it's exciting. Yeah. I'm a change junkie. <laughs> God, me too. Um, so I was also then, I've always had a bit of an issue with the army. You know, why is it called the army? I've always had a bit of a bee in my bonnet about that. <laughs> um, so I went digging. Um, and what does the army represent? It represents discipline, delegation, and structured behavior. In the army, everyone has a prescribed role and there's a clear hierarchy. It implies a cool head that makes decisions from a place of, place of rationality rather than a place of emotional ups and downs. And it's balanced by the earth in gate 13, which is this trusted confidant. So the army, for me anyway, and in the I Ching, it's not really about going into battle or being dominating. It's just about uh, a galvanizing collective force. It's this structured energy that allows lots of people to come together and work together for a collective goal. Oh, I love that. There was a, there's a saying associated with this in the I Ching, which is if you do not stand for something, you will fall for anything. Yeah. If you do not stand for something, you will fall for anything. And it's reminding us that if we haven't made a clear assessment of which organizational structure we are going to contribute to we will be fulfilling someone or something else's agenda yeah um so given all that burnout that we've talked about from july or this like profound stuff that's going on it's almost like august starts off with the impetus to delegate get organized ensure that everyone is pulling their weight within the structure and that the structure is in place to do the necessary tasks without wasting energy and resources. Like armies have to be profoundly organized. Every cog has to function in order to, in this case, make war, but 
yeah it could that that energy that structural energy could be galvanized around anything yeah. and all civil rights movements are based around this get organized yeah i love this this is so cool assign roles you know yeah and I feel like this is a massive theme. It's funny, um, I, I was listening to this same podcast. In fact, I think it was a different one. I've just gone down this rabbit hole with Dr. Zach Bush. I just love him. I think he's awesome. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, he's talking about, like, let's have a look at the actual evidence. There are people protesting about basically just about anything and everything that the governments are choosing to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, even like he was talking about, the, you know, the Russian people, protesting in the streets like all of these things that we've never seen before and that just really reminds me of this energy it's like it's time it's time to you know we go back to that piece about principles to really decide what what are your principles what do you believe in and what are your what are you willing to you know build the discipline around you know yeah yeah and like just at a on a personal level at a personal level like for me it was, I think it was partly to do with this, the Gate 53 activation in July, this beginnings, this new beginnings thing. I had a bit of a sit down and a bit of a, what do, what, where am I at? Okay, I'm 44, approaching menopause. What do we know about menopause? Well, the more muscle mass you have, the stronger the body is, the more likely you are to, you know, have an easier transition. So I've just started lifting weights, you know? And it's like get organized, create structured discipline around what you what you want, what you need. So mm. it, it can be a, just a personal thing. It doesn't ne- – I mean, it's collective circuitry, but it might not necessarily be you getting together with a group of other people. It may just be you applying the principles of the army to all the aspects of yourself yeah. and getting organized, structured, and disciplined so that I get up every morning, I pick up a dumbbell, and I lift muscle it. mass. Yeah, yeah, I lift it up. Few yeah. times, I love it. Yeah, so th- that's kind of where, because these are G center gates, that's like starting this Q three process. Mm. Um, and of course, this is about bonding and relationships. So structures, organizations, uh, the the discipline and the delegation in within those relationships. Yeah, I love that. And the if, the relationships that I see. that work the best in terms of uh minimal resistance with my friends and their partners are the ones that are pretty structured and pretty organized and run a bit like a military operation you know because everyone knows their place everyone knows their role everyone you know it's just like it's not dramatic it's not romantic it's just functional it gets things done and that means everyone is kind of can relax within the structure you know yeah yeah create create safety and security yeah yeah, yeah. So that's beginning Q3, and then moving from the 12th to the 16th of August, we're moving into 4 and 49. So Sun and Gate 4, formulization in the Ajna, and Earth and Gate 49, here she is again, mm-hmm. uh, principles rejection in the solar plexus. So uh, because the Earth is going into 49 and Saturn is already there, there will be a conjunction between the two in uh, Gate Forty nine point four. So the revolutionary, yeah, grounding, right in the people, right? Yeah. So there's a sense that the um, our relation. We're still talking about this. Our relational principles are being grounded by the Earth, 
um, looking at, at, like as the as the foundational structure, we're still having an emphasis. Earth was in gate 19 like two weeks ago. Now the Earth is in gate 49. So there's a grounding into our principles that is this continual theme. Um, but the sun is in gate four. And again, I've looked to the I Ching and it's called youthful folly. And again, I've always been a little bit like, what even is youthful folly? What does that even mean? Um, my conclusion uh, is that it is kind of, because this is an Ajna gate and it's about answers, um, it's kind of immature, I think, to th like the youthfulness. It's immature to think that we can know anything with certainty at a mental level. I think mm. that's the youthful folly. Dug out another Chinese quote just to keep the theme going um, by Lao Tzu. Those who know do not speak. Those who speak do not know. Yeah. I mean, it, that in itself is affronting because <laughs> we're speaking a lot right now, you and I. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But to put it in um, some kind of useful context, when you genuinely know something in the depths of your being, there is nothing you need to defend with words. There's, n mm. you, there's no argument there. There's no needing to convince anyone. You know. Mm. Um, but there is a process of trial and error involved in getting there. Like there is a process of saying and thinking all kinds of stuff Yeah, that are almost it, but not quite it. They're like close, but no cigar. And until we finally reach the point of, you know, having thought and said so many things that we kind of believed at the time, eventually we just surrender to silence yeah. and knowing and not needing to vocalize or even internally vocalize like to think so i think youthful folly as an energy says don't be so because like i said it's a process don't be so afraid of saying or thinking the wrong thing of not getting it right or of failing linguistically that you don't ever go through that process but also hold your formulizations, the name of the gate four in, in human design is the formulization gate, hold them lightly, know that they are stepping stones, necessary ones, but they're, they're on the road to perfect truth, which is yeah. silent. Yeah, I love that. And I think like as you were speaking, I was think, thinking of that, um, that term that, oh, God, now it's just popped out of my head. Um, but it's basically the ability to, you know, sit in a, um, I want to think of it. I can't. Ugh, that's annoying. Um, it's basically that energy of, like you say, being able to sit with the the answer, with the knowing, with the knowledge, whatever it is, and not being overly attached to it. It's that that process of, and the more you are attached to it, the more you want to um, think about it, try and force yourself to an outcome, to an answer, to whatever it is. This, this, the more we force that energy, the further away we get from this, this, this knowing. And the knowing that is inverted commas correct is only correct in that moment and in that experience. So it's like it's very transitory. Um, and, you know, it really makes me think of like all of the, the real magic in all of the, the head and Ajna gates is to learn to watch the mind um, and listen or not so much listen, but 
um, watch it and watch the gold and watch the rubbish and not get too attached to anything. Um, but in the same time, in the same place, being okay to move forward with, you know, 86% certainty, as I always say, you know, like, like well, let's just roll with this. This is this is where we're going. And that that's a gift. And I love that quote as well. I think I actually had it written on my diary once when I was, especially when I was younger, because I never spoke and I always needed reasons why. But <laughs> what made me think a lot, um, what it also really resonated for me was, when we were talking about the the principles um, and this difference between the tribal uh, structure moving more to an individual structure, I feel like this is a large part of this process as well where um, the more we can allow ourselves to go through the process and trust the way we see the world or the, the solutions that we come up with, um, this is an energy that's really going to be supportive as well. That wasn't what I wanted to say. There was another point. That was just words. I was hoping it would come back in. It didn't. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it to you. Back to you. And I'll, all of a sudden I'll go, oh, my God, yeah, that was, that's what it was. Feel free to interrupt me mm. when it pops back Hopeless. Hopeless. I can't help you, mate. It's a whirlwind up there as well. Oh, my goodness. Whirlwind. All right, so let's move on and see if your knowing comes back. Um, 17 to the 22nd of August, uh, we have the sun moving into gate 29, the gate of saying yes, and gate 30, the earth and gate 30, gate of feelings. The double hexagram gates in this part of the year. So the saying yes is the abysmal, double water, saying uh, the feelings is double fire, clinging fire, um, water over water fire over fire so we spoke about this in february when we were talking about it was flipped fire over fire water for water um in relation to valentine's day remember we were talking about how um we we desire and we feel deeply and these are these energies of fire and water which obviously don't mix one puts the other out but um in terms of a an energy it's an energy to commit and an energy to crave, an energy to want to be deep in the process. Um, and we're in the quarter of purpose, fulfilled through bonding. So there's a light shining on these themes. I guess in terms of what may be occurring that week, it's like it might be quite intense. And it might be that making rash decisions might not be advised because of the strength of desire and the strength of the energy to I want to commit I want to be in I want to get in mm. strategy and authority right like yeah if you're emotional wait to get emotional clarity if you're sacral are you really genuinely responding from your own sacral or are you just being influenced by this energy or letting the mind override sure um because it's double water and for me water always represents the unconscious mind and deep emotions um, then it may be, again, we're talking about this, the surface and going beneath the surface or what is stirring in the depths. It may be a, an opportunity to look below the surface of ourselves at something rising up from the abyss um, that's, I mean, obviously been there all along, but it may be being brought to the surface. You know, the shame, the guilt, the fear, the whatever it is. Mm. The only way that it has any power over us is if we don't look at it and try and avoid it like yeah our power comes from being willing to be with it so yeah I my feeling on that week in the middle of August is that there's it, it just looks 
Watery and deep is what I'm saying. Mm. That's that that could be lots of fun. That could be lots of fun. It could be could challenging be. or it could be somewhere in between. We will only know once we get there. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the 23 to the 28th of August, um, Sun in Gate 59, Earth in Gate 55, Sexuality and Spirit, Dispersion and Abundance. Um, and just for one day, on the first day of this transit, on the 23rd of August, Mercury will be finishing up its transit of Gate 6. So the channel of mating will be on for like one day. Um, and I heard uh, on, um, I don't know, an Instagram Live or something with uh, another people who talk about human design. Um, she was saying that her child was conceived on a transit of the 59.6. Classic. So I'll just say take precautions or don't on that day, depending on what your situation is. <laughs> yeah, good to know. Um, yeah, the channel Not of mating for me, obviously. For one day. <laughs> Well, I think that shit might have sailed over here as well, love, but, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, well, last week we're looking into the abyss of the 29, um, and we may have had to admit to ourselves in that process that there's, there's an aspect of ourselves that needs healing that's coming up from the depth. Um, and then this week, I think we have an understanding that we're part of the whole. Mm. This is what these energies do for me, you know, the 59 and the 55. This... Um, this the the 59 being yes the gate of sexuality but it's openness to intimacy and what we yeah. were talking about earlier on about you know the concept of oneness that most of us never get to experience as a as a real experience mm. um is and then the 55 right the the abundance the gate of spiritedness the gate of something magical i mean this yeah. part of the cross of the sleeping phoenix this yeah. is part of the mutation and where we're going it's it's this understanding that we're part of a whole. And if we've had some, you know, a deeper awareness of the healing that's required, it's a reminder for me that healing is not a lonely journey. Mm. It is an aspect of the whole healing itself for the benefit of the whole. Like, I don't heal me for me. I heal me for all of us, for the collective. Yeah. My healing is our healing. Exactly. Same, same, right? You heal yeah. you, you heal me. Same, yeah. same. And that, it starts as an intellectual understanding that separateness is illusory. And perhaps we have a real lived experience of that, certainly through deep meditation. Yeah, there are moments when I have no idea where I end and everything else begins. None. Mm. It, the, the sense of me is gone. So sometimes we have experiences of the unity, the oneness. But everything starts out as a concept, as an rather than an experiential understanding. So even if we just play with the concept that we're still looking at this, everything that I've been seeking from outside of myself must already exist within myself. Exactly. It's just a matter of shifting my focus. You know, if I'm seeking, let's use the gate of abundance, right? If I'm seeking abundance externally, I must acknowledge that that abundance is in me already. Yeah, yeah. I might want healing but i am healing i might want love but i am love i might want connection but i am connection yeah <laughs> like it's not outside it's inside and i think you know this sleeping phoenix energy this this intimate um connectedness is just the most profound tonic mm. it's this balm that soothes everything when i stop reaching 
externally and start becoming intimate with myself and I realize I'm everything, you know, it's like, it's, it's the deepest thing there is. It's the yeah. most profound experience any of us will ever have. Yeah, totally so, agree. Just, just, just a big love fest for 59 and 55. Really. Yeah. And, you know, again, like I'm the same. I think these, there's something really beautiful about these energies and these are going to be these governing energies. I'm so curious to see how it shifts. Cause I feel like we can see, so much of the cross of planning, you know, and I mean, I, I get it because I'm a cross of planning, so it seems more obvious to me. But, um, yeah, I feel like these are such powerful, powerful energies. And for us to be transitioning into that place, into the new paradigm, we do, we are going to have to build the muscle because it's very different from where we've been. And, you know, especially the 55, like this 55, like its expression, its gift and its highest expression is all about freedom. And this isn't something that we've we've known. You know, we've lived in the world that says we need to be controlled and policed and told what to do because we would just be hopeless on our own. But this isn't mm-hmm. true. And I feel like the 55 mm-hmm. is and the, the 59 are these two energies that really say, okay, you can be a part of the tribe Um but it is also about you. It's about trusting you, your connection, your intimacy with self so that you can experience it with the other. Same with abundance. You know, once you really connect into the truth that lies within you, then you can share it with the other. So, yeah, I think it's re- – I love these energies. I think it's really mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Me too. 59 is my bridge gate too, one of my bridge gates. Oh, yeah? Yeah, both my kids have it. Interesting. Anywho. Nice. Intimate. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then finishing off the month, 29th of August to the 3rd of September, um, your your best mates, Gate 40, Sun and Gate 40 and the Earth and Gate 37, mm. Gate of Aloneness, Gate of Friendship and Family, creating the channel of community for everyone on the planet. Um, the, the tribal circuit that motivates us to provide and helps us to draw our attention to the imbalances in the division of labor or the work rest balance um i'm again just drawing on the I Ching. the hexagram for 40 is thunder over water basically a storm uh the kind of violent upheaval that elicits necessary changes and the I Ching always uses nature metaphors right so in this case if you think of it like a winter storm that shakes the last leaves off the tree like it's necessary to shake things up a bit to get things to shift once and for all i know you know that my brother has this energy and i know you know that he would blow up and create a tornado in the house when he perceived that something wasn't fair or just or right and needed to be highlighted yeah loudly i love it (laughs) it's totally my my wave you know i totally resonate with that Mm -hmm. on every level you know that there is there is no mindless explosion. Do you know what I mean? Like no. it, it definitely always no. comes at a time that is an initiation of something needs to shift and change. Yeah. 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 And we could, like as, as a family growing up, we couldn't see it really. My mum, I think, could see it a little bit. She could perceive the wisdom, the profound mm. wisdom in my brother's explosions and like the truth in them. For me and my dad, who were non-emotional, it was way—it was so overwhelming. Yeah, it was too like, much. 
it, it just like we just rejected it outright because it just blew literally blew us away it was like Pfft. but yeah. it, the more i've come to see the wisdom in this channel yeah he was always right he always had a point and maybe it was you know none of we needed that explosion that storm that blow up to draw our attention to it yeah and i've I've encountered quite a few people with this channel who don't recognize that in themselves because mm. they've never allowed themselves to explode. They implode instead and make it personal and make it like I'm the problem rather than, no, this is the bloody problem. This, yeah. like, this isn't fair. Yeah. And I think that I feel like the, the 4037 is a bit of a, and I'm sure they all have their challenges and maybe it's just because I resonate more with it, but there's a lot of repression, I think, that sits in that mm-hmm. channel because mm-hmm. I know it was the only time as a kid, the only time I expressed any emotion was when I just I couldn't keep a lid on it and it was that explosion, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't because I was tired. It wasn't because I was, you know, just felt like it. It was always because something wasn't working and it had to yeah. change, you know. Yeah. 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 So if we can use that nature metaphor and think of it as the storm that's going to shake the last leaves off the tree for and wash the good away. of the tree. Exactly. And mm-hmm. wash away, yeah. you know, what's left over. Yeah. I wash away yeah, what's no can, longer needed. We I mean if we can all turn towards the forty thirty sevens in our life and, and embrace their explosive wisdom, then so much the better, you know? That stops that channel being demonized. Yeah. Yeah. And we do. Like anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Especially those of us that are non-emotional because it's way, way, it's a lot. It is, um, it's a lot. But it, like, it, it's also tying a nice neat bow around the month because we started the month with the 1949, right? The other tribal channel and we're ending the month with the 4037. Uh, 40, so it may be a continuation or a, a, a highlighting of the themes that we kind of became aware of at the beginning of the month through this sensitivity to tribal needs and personal needs and interrelational needs and then they may just blow up at the end of the month yeah as we finally kind of get to express what we need yeah which is beautiful as well you know because then that's a catalyst it's funny like my entire entire life even our relationship um you know coming up 22 years married Mm -hmm. we always would have and we don't fight like we now we just don't fight like if we have something to say the other one actually listens and therefore we don't fight we can disagree but we don't fight but in the early years like we had there was a whole cycle of it and the the big fights were always pivotal absolutely pivotal they were a catalyst for something new so yeah I think there's maybe there's this journey that we're going to go through um you know as individuals through this this month um, through August and that might end with a bit of an explosion but the explosion is going to birth something new you know a pivot a shift a change and that's exciting it's a you know it's an interesting timing right because I mean for anyone with kids I don't know what the school system's year looks like everywhere else but here in the northern hemisphere that's back to school week (laughs) amazing well it's for us it's we're just coming out to the end of the term, so by then, mm. I think, or not quite, but, yeah, getting there. Yeah, the whole of Europe goes back to school that week. Like, oh, It's like in that process. Wow. Of you like, don't want to okay, be a holidays teacher. Are over. You don't want to be a teacher that week. If everyone's going to be exploding Shout everywhere. Shout out to all the teachers. Yeah, exactly. All love. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the Sun-Earth Gates 
Moving into Celestial Spotlight, I mean, Uranus is still the only thing to talk about, really, because it's um, everything else is kind of in its retrograde process. This month, Uranus starts the month in Gate 2. As I mentioned, we have this conjunction with the North Node and Mars at the beginning. On the 14th of August, Uranus shifts briefly into Gate 23, which is a throat gate in the individual circuitry, um, and the not where the North Node's been for the past four months. And then on the 25th of August, Uranus goes retrograde in that Gate 23. And then by the 4th of September, that retrograde is going to take it back into Gate 2, where it's going to stay until May next year. So basically, Uranus is like in Gate 2, it goes into Gate 23, it goes retrograde in 23, and then back into Gate 2. So, um, again, using the I Ching, which is the theme of my investigations this time around, 23 is called split apart or splitting apart. And again, another one that I've been like, what is that about? Similar to the story of the tree and the leaves, um, it's this feeling that when one thing has predominated for too long, life is going to bring balance to to it. So, for example, if there's been too much heat, it will bring a tropical rainstorm to cool everything down and to, to, to dampen everything and stop the drying out. If um, you, so because this is an Ajna, um, sorry, a throat expression from the Ajna, but it's all up there in the mind. If you've been too much in the mind, you may be forced to feel something. <laughs> if you've spent too much time with your partner, you might end up having a fight that causes you to take more time alone. It's this splitting apart from the thing that's gotten out of balance is the way that the I Ching describes 23. Mm. Um, and I'm going to quote from a woman called Carrie Hon, who she is, I mean, I love the, her work because she specializes in comparative symbolism. So she looks at like the I Ching and astrology and tarot and kind of understands them as a whole. Oh, that's cool. So on splitting apart, she says, Splitting apart is how life separates the necessary from the unnecessary, whittling away the husk until only the germinating seed remains. Like fruit that has fallen to the earth, the seed can only take root when its protective covering is disintegrated. Nothing real can be threatened because nothing real, nothing unreal exists. Mm. Nothing real can be threatened because nothing unreal exists. Love that. And that, I just, like, I sat with that, for, read that, and I was like, what? That is one of the most, like, baffling and perplexing spiritual teachings right there in the 23. Only truth exists. Yeah. Nothing unreal exists. Only truth exists. And it's like you and I often use this expression, no, fear's not real. Mm. Like, it's not real. And no. when, um, if anyone's ever read the Kybalion, which is this, ancient hermetic teaching of wisdom they talk about like light like darkness doesn't exist it's just an absence of light darkness is not a thing yeah. it's just there's either light or there is not light but it's the light that's real the darkness is just the absence of the light or yeah the same with truth and falsehood falsehood's not real it's just an absence of truth yeah fear is only an absence of love it's like something that the mind actually struggles to get kind of comprehend because it it lives in duality it's whole yeah purpose exactly is duality but the heart knows this the heart yeah. knows there's only light there's only truth you know and everything else is illusion so i this what when like if you think about this dipping uranus just dipping into 23 briefly 
And again, if you have the wheel of the year and you track the transits through that, you'll see, okay, Uranus moving through gate two into 23 and then back into retrograde into two. But it will then come direct through two and back into 23 for a much longer transit next year. So Uranus from May next year is going to have much more time in gate 23. And so to use this metaphor from um, Carrie Hahn, it's probably then going to really start splitting apart the rotten fruit of our yeah. lives to reveal the seed. Um, and so um, another quote from her, in, just to finish this, this process off, she says, you may defend your concrete perspective when approaching others, even when they have come to help you let it go. The hand that is forced open to give is now also open to receive. Mm. So it's like this, I don't want to let go of this perspective of mine. And it's yeah. like, but what if I came to help you let it go? And now that you've let it go, the hand is open to receive. So the two and the 23 that Uranus is in this process with are not like they looked kind of, I don't know, like different things to me. But now that I look at them in this context, they're the same thing. Yeah. The 23 forces you to let go and open your hand so that the two can help you receive. Receive. Oh, I love that. That's so good. And perhaps mm. this is just going to be a taste of it. Maybe this is just a preview of what we get, what we could experience more yeah. of next year. Yeah, next year. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I love it. Oh, my goodness. You're awesome. There we go. It's not me, babe. It's just the transits. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, um, have you got anything else you want to share with everyone today? No, that's, my, that's me done and dusted. Just a big well, thank you to everyone who listens and uh, yeah. goes on this journey with us. Really appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, and totally, I second that. It's so much fun to to do these podcasts and to um, receive all the feedback. And I really appreciate all of you, and I really appreciate you, my dear friend. Um, so thank you, everyone, for being here. And um, it's time to say goodbye. So we will see you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thanks everyone for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.